Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's podcast is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to another fabulous episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. As I mentioned in the inaugural episode of season five, I am going to be talking about super survivors. I'm going to place myself into this category, not because I think very highly of myself, but I've been told because of my life experience that I fit into this category. I'm going to explain exactly what a super survivor is and why I fit the mold And my ultimate wish is that I can help inspire someone else that's going through a life tragedy. So in my own words, a super survivor is someone who has experienced significant tragedy or suffering and grown immensely in ways that are unimaginable. And again, I'm going to use myself as an example. So trauma is kind of the first part that I would define it. So I experience, as anyone knows, I've experienced death four times in four years. That was with the loss of both of my parents, my paternal grandmother and my oldest uh, child. And I'm going to take that a step further and some things that I've not necessarily discussed on previous podcasts, but I also experienced trauma as a child. And that went into shaping me and kind of forming who I am today And I'm, you know, wasn't really ready to talk about some of those details. And I'm not going to discuss those in this public manner, but it's pertinent to know and understand that. And they connect my experience as a child, young adolescent, early adult, and, you know, as of now. And then repair. So I talked about trauma before repair. So I went through extensive group and individual counseling through grief. And that kind of helped me to understand that there are other people like me out there and how to deal with what I went through and deal with it in a healthy manner and not using other things or using other coping mechanisms to deal with that. What I understand and what I know about tragedy is there's really only one way to kind of get through to the other side. And you have to do it the right way. And I'm not saying that I always did it the right way, but I progressed to the other side and I had a lot of help. My faith. And I really centered and honed in on my faith and not faith. I've said on a previous podcast, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go to church every day. It is what you believe in. And so part of my faith, again, I'm Catholic. A couple things that I did, and I've spoken about this before. Uh, I went on a medical missionary trip to Ghana with my wife. And then I attended a men's retreat. And then I'm an avid goer of church. So that's the one place that I can go on a weekly basis. And I can focus solely on me. And that's what it does for me. And then next is volunteering. So I've taken my experience and taken it a step further and given back in the form of volunteering. So the missionary trip was a form of volunteering. And then I, as you know, volunteer with hospice on a regular basis. And in hospice and or the missionary trip, 
what I understand and know of volunteering is once you're in that realm, you're completely focusing on someone else or another person's situation. And that is outside of your own. And so you are now outside of the realms of whether you're feeling sorry for yourself, whether you're feeling down or you're outside of your situation. And it gives you time to really help someone else. That's very, very powerful. Some other examples of super survivors from what I come to understand are POWs, uh, widows, other folks that have, you know, sustained traumatic situations. 9-11 brings some memories back, people that experienced some deep tragedies with 9-11. That was uh, some very traumatic times for a lot of people. And I'm also going to mention a book that I have referenced in a previous podcast. The book is called Resilience, The Science of Mastering Life's Greatest Challenges by Stephen M. Southwick and Dennis S. Charney. And I'm going to specifically reference page 230. And what they say a super survivor does. So first and foremost, a super survivor faces the facts. There is very little denial of what is going on. And again, I'm going to use myself as this example. So with my parents specifically, when they passed away, there was no wondering or, you know, denying the fact that my parents, their life expired. I had a home to deal with, which was theirs, although my wife and I had purchased it before. There was no denying that there was going to be a financial impact to me in particular and my wife as, you know, being married to me. So I didn't sit idle um, because money was bleeding out the door, literally with this home. I was trying to maintain it and I had a decision to make. The decision was to sell it and lose money on it or to rent it. And again, my parents weren't coming back. There was no chance of them helping me financially with this home. And so I chose to rent it. And after a series of failed estate sales in December of 2008, I basically repaired the house and got it rent ready. And I rented the home in February of 2009, within about two months or so. And the next aspect of a super survivor is choosing life, live for the future, not in the past. So I hit rock bottom. There was no doubt about that after a lot of the things that I went through, even predating my parents passing away, um, dealing with being a caregiver for my mother and then the dynamics of her, you know, developing cancer at the time that I was a senior in high school. But I chose to repair my life. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know how long it was going to take. I made the conscious decision that I had a life living for. And I'm going to say that one more time. I made a conscious decision at the time that I had a life that was worth living for. And I took that mantra and I pushed forward. The other aspect is to reach out, connect with other folks and or other survivors. And so what I did, and I'll take a step back, the group grief counseling really helped me out, but I reached out to my spiritual advisor, who is my personal priest, who I mentioned, you know, time and time again. And I sat with him through numerous sessions. And the thing that he recommended to me was I needed to attend some grief counseling. I had no idea and didn't know really what the dynamics of grief counseling were. And he recommended group grief counseling. And what I figured out were my experiences at my age were so young And it was 
unlike most folks that were my age, I didn't have anyone that I could turn to and say, hey, did you go through this? Or hey, did you experience this emotionally? Or hey, did you have the anxiety uh, that I experienced? I only found that with folks that were, you know, 20, 30 years older than me, but I was able to find them. And that was through reaching out to my spiritual advisor who made a recommendation and I ran with it and I felt a lot better. And one of the overwhelming things that the folks in that group grief counseling said to me over and over and over again, Chris, you have a life worth living for, and you are going to do bigger and better things than what you're currently doing now. I had no idea what that meant. And I just said, you know what? You're right. Uh, I think this situation that I've been dealt with, I've been dealt with it for a reason that I can help inspire other people. So that was my example of reaching out. So get moving. I've always been good about setting goals and taking action, but one of the things that I did very specifically to get myself moving, I reached a point in my career, very specifically, and anyone that knows me knows that I have a passion for finance and working with other people, but I was at a crossroads with the organization that I was working with that I did not feel like they cared about me as an individual or what I was bringing to the table, and I had a conversation with my wife. We went walking and I said, I'm thinking about taking this leap of faith. And the leap of faith was me going out on my own. And anybody that asked me and looking back, that was the greatest career decision that I have ever made. And I set a personal goal of mine. And this was in December of 2016. My goal was to find a mentor and the mentor was a female that was older than me. And that was very purposeful because I didn't want to have any of my baggage as being a male and competing with someone else brought into the mix. I wanted to find a lady that would give me genuine advice and had experience that was on the same side of the table as me, you know, partially. And I say that because I've been slighted because of my race. And I understand that, you know, women in particular have been slighted in the financial industry because of their gender. And um, I thought through some of those things and it was a great relationship that we had. And it was for six months. And she really just pushed me in the direction that I needed to be pushed. And she said, Chris, you have all the financial tools. You just need the kind of layout of how you're going to, you know, put this all together. And, you know, she gave me a couple of tips and tools, but most of the onus was on me. And I say this to people now, kind of looking back, I had two full-time jobs for six months, the job that was paying me and the job that I'd hoped that would pay me in the future. And then in 2017, June of 2017, I put my plan in motion. I took action. I resigned and I opened my own financial practice and never looked back since. And some very, very good people followed me and made it such that I can do things like this for other people. You know, the other aspect too, and get moving and taking action that was said to me was that you need to continue volunteering, Chris. And that was kind of when I took into effect volunteering for hospice. The next part is giving back. And, you know, service and acts of kindness empower the survivor to be an asset rather than a victim. I believe that 100%. So this missionary trip that I spoke about was tremendous. I was able to go outside of myself and truly be 
present for the people that I was working with. And I learned a lot about other folks and the tragedies that they go through in a third world country. And I, I really couldn't focus on myself. And people put me up unknowingly. They put me up and made me feel good about myself. But I was helping them. And so it was just kind of uh, ironic there. You know, just to kind of recap, and Super Survivor's mantra is to face facts, choose life, reach out, get moving, and give back. And I hope I've been able to give you some examples of my life and what I've been told that I am a super survivor. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize this until probably very recently, but I think it, it fits. And again, my point in this super survivor series, the podcast for this season, is that there are people that are out there and have been through traumatic shifts in their life and have recovered. And I am one of those folks. My wish is that I can bring hope and solace to just one person that's going through their own trial and tribulation and give them a roadmap of somebody that has done it. And again, I've not been perfect and I've learned by fire. And what I can say is I've, I had a significant grief trigger recently. And because I put all these things in motion, I was able to recover from that grief trigger quicker with more resiliency and with more sustained energy to move forward. And I can really think about that and I can articulate it and I can look back, you know, with my past uh, triggers, my past traumas that I've had, you know, kind of uh, whether it was when I was growing up or, you know, when I was an adult taking care of things and how I'm dealing with things now in a very positive manner versus, you know, if I put a line in the sand when my parents passed away, I was dealing with things then. And so just happy to be here. And I appreciate anybody that listens to the podcast. And please feel free to pass this on to any friends or family members or colleagues. I would be very honored if you do that. And don't forget to support the show. You can see the way that you can do that in the notes for the show. Cheers. Be well. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with Chris and or our firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any related information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section.